Um, me and Joe, the intern, where is he? He's here somewhere. Oh, he's, I don't know where he is. I've got glasses. Oh, there he is. Good lad. I've got glasses on, but I still can't see you. Uh, we were doing a bit of gardening this week for uh, an elderly chap. He's on the Elder Friends program, which is a, a community project run in Chesterfield where people who are elderly and alone, you can go and befriend them and do things for them. And this was Karen's elder friend, not mine. Um, but we were conscripted in to do a little bit of gardening for him. He, he can't see. He's pretty much deaf. So the garden has become, uh, well, as you can imagine, it's just left. He's not been doing it. And uh, I'm not going to tell you where he lives because that would be a bit inappropriate. But he lives in Chesterfield. And you get off this nice main road and it's literally a stone's throw. His house is there and you go around the back to do his back garden. And it's like a different world. It was like a, a different place. And it's in our town. We, had a, we did a bit of work, a couple of hours, because I thought it would take about an hour, but it was much more overgrown than we realised. So did a couple of hours, then did a tip run, then went for a cheeky McDonald's, as you do for lunch, treated ourselves to a Big Mac and a cheeseburger. Uh, and then when we got back, there was one of those ambulance cars outside the back garden. You know, not a proper ambulance, but one of those smaller ones. And um, paramedic, there you go, good word. And... Um, we didn't know what was going on, but other than he was opposite, we thought it might be our elder friend at first. Um, but it turns out he was fine, so that's okay. But you do that nosy thing, don't you? Much like when you're, when you're on the motorway and you're like, oh, I'm stuck in traffic. And it's because there's been an accident on the opposite carriageway. You will still slow down to have a look, won't you? I like to slow down, have a look and pray. So it's not a completely wasted bit of rubber decking. But it's much the same when I see an ambulance. I'm like, oh, what's going off here then? What's happened here? So you do the nosy thing. And then all of a sudden, I kid you not, Joe, this is right, isn't it? It kicked off. Um, there were some noises. The ambulance man came out, and there was this conversation going on between a woman and a man. And the woman was clearly not very happy with the ambulance man, who asked if he could become our labourer. He was a bit fed up of working as an ambulance man because he was getting a lot of abuse. So he wanted to come and do some gardening with us. Um, and what had happened was this woman had been attacked by her staffy. So the whole of her calf was just, there was just blood everywhere. She'd been dressed, and it had, the wound had all been dressed, but she showed me a wound, which was a bit graphic. But there was blood everywhere. Her calf was torn to pieces. She needed to go to hospital, but she was refusing. And on the face of it, she was refusing because she didn't have any money for a taxi, and all her friends were all there. I didn't have any money. I'm going to get paid tomorrow, so I can't afford to go because I won't be able to get back, etc., etc. And then all of a sudden, all her mates just disappeared. Ambulance man disappeared. He went off in a huff like, I've had enough. You're not going to get in my ambulance. We're gone. And all that's left is me and Joe gardening because that's what we're doing. We didn't want to be nosy and stop, so we're kind of gardening but watching what's happening. And this woman just broken on the pavement, crying her eyes out, screaming her heart out. So, faced with a choice there, so I got out my, film, got out my phone and started filming it. I, I, I'm joking. Just in case. Oh, goodness. I didn't do that. I went and spoke to her. Some of you actually believe that I would do that. That's awful. No, I didn't film it. I didn't put it on YouTube or anything like that. But instead, went to speak to her and calming her down and trying to talk around to actually, why don't we call another ambulance and why don't we go to hospital? Because, I mean, I'm not a doctor, but if you've been bitten and attacked by a dog and there's blood everywhere, you probably need to go to hospital. There's probably the chance that it's going to be infected and your leg might be in a bit of trouble. 
So after a bit of time, managed to kind of talk around to that. But the whole time she was saying, well, I've got, I've got no money and the police and the police are going to come to my house. And I asked her a straight question. I said to her, right, what is more important to you? Because she was fearing that as soon as she went off to hospital, the police would come around and do a dog in because the dogs attacked her. So I said, what is more important to you, your leg or your dog? No prizes for guessing which she went for. And I thought, that is an important decision that you're making about your health, about your future, about whether you can have healing and restoration, or about your dog. No disrespect to a dog, but I hope we all agree her leg is more important. She can't walk the dog, if she, well she could, but it would be easier to walk the dog if her leg is healed and restored. So it does the dog better if she goes to hospital too. But she had a choice. And she made her choice. And as we're gardening, as we're talking about this, then uh, another lady came over and uh, I think friends with her and sorted her out. And as we were kind of prepping to leave, um, they called another ambulance and so there was another ambulance on the way. So we felt that that was going to get sorted. And that's great. But all the time I'm thinking, because I knew I was preaching on this passage this Sunday. It's whirring through my head. We have decisions, we have decisions, we have decisions. We have a choice to make. Whether they're significant choices or not, we're always making choices. She had a choice of pain or restoration. And these are the verses from Matthew 13 and 14 that Jesus brings. He says, Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. He presents us with a choice. Much like that lady had a choice, much like we make choices every day of what we're going to do, where we're going to be. But he presents us with a really important decision. He's been on the mountainside for quite a bit now. We're drawing to the end of the Sermon on the Mount. We don't know how long he's taken over speaking these things, but it's been a bit epic. He's been talking about prayer. He's been talking about how we have a father, how we can have that relationship with a father in heaven who loves us and hears from us. And he wants a relationship with you. That's what he said just before this passage, that he wants us to come to the father. He wants us to have a relationship with him. And then he says, but this is how it happens. You've got to do something in order for that to take place. It doesn't happen naturally. It's not our natural disposition to walk with God. In fact, our natural disposition is to walk away from him. Much like the prodigal son who just leaves his father and just wrecks his life. And then he has that moment, doesn't he, when he turns around and the father's still there. Well, that's, that's what's going on here. The father is there. But we've kind of wandered off a little bit and we need a way of coming back to God. And Jesus knows that. He's talking about, you know, you've got a father in heaven, but he knows there's a disconnect. And so he lays a choice before the people that are on the mountainside. He lays a choice for you and he lays a choice for me between a narrow path and a wide path, between an easy way, between a hard way, and ultimately between death and life. And he says as much in these verses. I just need to explain, I think, the metaphor or the, the picture that Jesus is using here, because I guess if this is your first time in church, you're like, well, why is Jesus saying enter through a narrow gate? That sounds a bit weird. Why is he talking about doors? Why is he talking about paths? What's he really talking about? Jesus here gives two options. He says there's a, a narrow gate and a, a narrow path, and then he lays out the alternative. If you read it in your Bible, if you've got one, he says there's another gate uh, that's wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction, and those who enter it 
are many. So he says there's two choices that we have in life. We can go on one path, which leads to life, which is narrow, which is difficult, which is hard. And then he says there's another path, which leads to destruction, which is wide, which is easy, which most people are on. That's what Jesus says in these verses here. And he gives us a straight choice between, if you choose me, that means walking on the narrow path. But if you don't choose me, it means you're on the wide path. That's the whole picture that Jesus is building here. Do you want to go God's way? Narrow path. Do you want to go the world's way? Wide path. The easy way that leads to death and destruction. There's a starkness in the, in the choice, isn't there, that he lays before us. Much like darkness and light. There's a, just a starkness, a contrast between the two. I'm sure many of us here this morning would love for there to be some sort of third option. Right? But Jesus says there's a narrow path or there's a wide path. He doesn't say there's a, a narrowing path that gets wider, that gets narrow again and gets wider. There isn't a third way that he presents, but rather one or the other. Jesus doesn't give me and he doesn't give you that luxury. That's why this is one of those passages that you preach with trepidation. <laughs> because he just gives us an either or. One or the other. Jesus is either the Christ, the son of the living God, the saviour of the world... Or he isn't. That's it. No wiggle room. No umming and ahhing. No extras. There's a narrow path that leads to life, eternal life, or there's a wide path that leads to death. And that's it. That's the only choice Jesus gives us. And that's scary. We love having third options, don't we? We love sitting on fences. We love being undecided. Jesus doesn't give us an abstain category. He says, you're either in or you're out. You're either following me or you're not. And that's the whole metaphor and the whole picture that Jesus is bringing here. And it made me think of these amazing verses from Romans 10:9. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's it. That's how we transfer from wide road to a narrow path. Confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that he's been raised from the dead and will be saved. He gives us those two options, that's it. This narrow path that he says leads to life, or this wide path. And Jesus uses the word destruction there. Now, he doesn't say hell, but that's the kind of implication. I know, oh, God, speaking about hell and church, goodness me. But that's what he's talking about. Now, if you think about the word destruction, it's not a good picture, is it? If you actually dwell on it, things being destroyed, things being burnt up. It's not a good image. It doesn't make me think of rainbows and butterflies and happy places. It makes me think of things being destroyed and downtrodden and beaten up and bruised. And it says, if you go on the wide road, Jesus says, that's your ultimate destination. But he says, if you go on the narrow path, there's something different. And that's what Jesus is on about here. That's why this choice that we're presented with is more important because it has eternal consequences. The consequences of whether a lady goes to hospital or not about a leg don't have eternal consequences. But what she does with her heart pertaining to Jesus Christ as Lord or not does. That's why we're here. That's why we're a church. That's what we live for. That people would know Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. And come off one path and head onto another. And as I was reading these verses, as you say, oh, well, that, that job done there. I just had a few questions about, um, and hopefully some answers that I kind of came up with at least, as I read these words of Jesus. Because I think it's quite easy in just two verses to kind of skip over them. 
Um, so I just want to go through it really quickly. And it starts with this in beginning in verse 13. Jesus says, enter by the narrow gate. You go, well, okay, I, I get that. But actually, I want to focus on the word enter there, that it's something we have to do. It's not something that, say, comes naturally or something we're born into. It's not a given that all of us in this room have gone through that gate. It's something we have to decide to do. It's something we have to enter into. Just as if I was to leave this building, uh, I could, well, exit, enter, whatever, through those doors, I have to make a decision to do that. I have to move through it. I won't just happen automatically. I have to take a decision and take myself there. Our default position, guys, is not the narrow path. If you notice, it doesn't say uh, about the wide path that you have to enter into it. Jesus doesn't say you have entered into the wide path. The assumption is you're already on it. And actually, you've got to enter into something different. So we're born into, we walk on this wide, broad road. That's the path that we're either all on or we have been on at some point in our life. But this path to life, this path to something else that Jesus talks about, we have to enter into. I mean, it's a physical thing that we have to do. And if you're not sure whether you've done that or not, if you don't know whether you've entered into a relationship with God, that you've put your trust in Jesus, if you don't know this morning, if you haven't said Jesus Christ is Lord and you don't know where you are, Jesus does. You've not entered in yet. But there's still time. Because whilst there's breath in our lungs, we can enter into the narrow gate. You see, the, the wide path, this is how we know if we're on it. It's broad, it's spacious, it's roomy. They're the other words that could be used instead of broad. Um, it's a path with no boundaries on it. You can do what you like, when you like, how you like. Truth is subjective. There is no such thing as truth. doesn't matter what you do, when you do it. Whether you're good, bad, indifferent, it doesn't matter. There's no effort required. You just carry on as normal. Don't need to make any changes. Do what you want, when you want. That's the wide path with no rules or, well, not rules, but no obligations, no wanting to better other people. It's this self kind of preserving uh, atmosphere and place where actually you just look out for yourself. I like to think of this wide road as a little bit like an all-you-can-eat buffet. Right, you know those. So that sh they look really good on paper, don't they? Right? I think they do. Reasonably priced. You can eat all you like. But, I mean, I've done quite a few of those, whether in the UK or in the States. And it, it always looks brilliant on paper, but I don't think I've ever not regretted having one. Because I always eat too much. And it always messes me up. Anybody else? You overeat, don't you? No? Maybe I've just got an issue of gluttony. <laughs> Nobody else. Great. Well, that illustration went down really well. But for me, personally, all-you-can-eat buffets never eat well, never go well. You know, at least if I order something, there's restrictions on what I've ordered. You know, this is what I'm having. It's in a, a regular portion size. That's good. But the wide road is a little bit like that. Have what you want, when you want it, and you suffer the consequences later. At least I do anyway with all-you-can-eat buffets. The wide road, as well, it costs us nothing to be on it. Um, you don't need to leave anything behind. You don't need to change anything. You can just be as you were. Um, 
in your rebellion towards God, in rebellion towards other people. We can hold on to hatred and gossip and malice and we can let them rule our lives and that's okay. That's a picture of what the wide road looks like. It's not a happy picture, is it? Right? I mean, Jesus in verse 12 talks about, you know, do to others as you would want them to do to you. Now, if I'm full of gossip and malice and hatred and bitterness and anger and resentment, and I don't want to be in that place. I don't want to be a community like that. Right? Where that's the narrative. That's what's going on all the time. That's what life is like. But that's what the wide road's like. Looking after number one, serving number one. And it's the most popular road for that reason. Because we love to put ourselves first at the expense of anyone or anything else. And it drives this question underneath that when you know we're kind of weighing up, maybe this morning you don't know which path you're on, that's fine. Wayne, what am I living for is a good question to ask, isn't it, in those moments? What is the desire and purpose of my life? If I could live and do one thing and give my life for one thing, what would it be? If the answer is Jesus Christ, we're on the narrow path. The glory of God. Why? Because he loves us. Because he died for us. Because he loves us. But if our answer is fame, fortune, whatever it might be, Either we've been on the narrow path and we've deviated off slightly and we need to come back or we've never been on it in the first place. To choose to follow Jesus is something we have to do. Something we have to choose to do because we're born on this wide road. It's not about whether we've been to church once in our life. It's not whether you've been uh, you know, baptized as an infant or you've been to church once or you've been to marriages or you've been to prayer meetings or you've prayed once or... You sing at church or you do this or you do that. It's not if you sign on your little paper, you know, when you do those equality forms that you've got to do now to make sure that everyone's happy. You know, where you put your race and you put your gender and you put your religious belief, don't you? Just because you tick Christian doesn't make you a Christian in that moment. What matters is whether we've entered through the narrow gate or not. Enter by the narrow gate, Jesus says. And when we enter into something, we're not just entering into something abstract, but we're entering into a relationship with God through Jesus Christ that brings life both now and in the future. That led me on to another question. So that's why, uh, I mean, that's partly why the, the gate is narrow at least. Um, and you've got to enter in. But it, it got me asking a question, well, why is the path narrow to follow Jesus? Why is it like that? Why couldn't the wide path be the one that we follow Jesus on? Um, is a question that went through my mind. And uh, it reminded me that the entry point is narrow because actually there's only one way to God. Not all paths lead to heaven. Not all religious belief leads you to heaven. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Doesn't he? No one comes to the Father except through me, Jesus says. So the, the reason the path is narrow is because the entry point is narrow. There's only one way to be a Christian, and that's to follow Jesus. There aren't any other optional extras. It's not Jesus plus, it's not Jesus minus, it's just Jesus. That's it. And that's why it's a narrow path. Because the wide path, you can follow whatever you like. Name any number of deities, any number of things, health, weight, sex, sport, 
music, whatever. It's wide path, isn't it? They can be your gods. You can follow them. You can have a great time. The path is narrow because it's just Jesus Christ. And it means you can have a relationship with the Father. And this, this path is not just narrow at the start, but it continues to be narrow. Because I tell you, um, when you come to faith in Jesus, when you put your trust in Jesus, that's what you do. It's a narrow entry point. But that doesn't change when you become a Christian. It's not as if you become a Christian, you go, oh, well, I've, I've said I'm forgiven. I've said hello to Jesus now. The, wide, the path is now wide. It's not a, a narrow gate and then a wide path after you've come to faith. It remains a narrow path. I'll tell you why. Because you've got to carry on walking with Jesus. The criteria doesn't shift whether you've been walking with him 25 years or walking with him for three months. He's not only the entry point, but he's the continual point of the Christian faith. In fact, he is the point of the Christian faith, isn't he? Not anything else. It's that God will be glorified through his son. Another reason I think the path is narrow is because it's not a cheap ticket. It's not easy. First, it wasn't easy for God. But it's also not easy for us. You know, sometimes you hear people preach and they say, oh, become a Christian. It's amazing, which it is. But it's also really hard, isn't it? It's really tough to follow Jesus because you've just got one thing. Just one thing. When the world has all these other things. It's really hard to follow Jesus. It comes at a great cost. It comes at a greater cost to God than it does to us. But it still comes at a cost Our wide living, our selfish living meant Jesus had to come in the first place, didn't it? That as he he hung upon a cross, he's there because of our rebellion, our wide living, our selfishness. And all of that is poured upon the Son. So that, well, he dies and then is raised to new life, but so that we can have new life as well. So that we're set free from all the oppression and all the hate and all the sickness and just the stuff that just clouds our life. Not to say, just in case you were you know, thinking, oh, I've just said sickness there. God can and does heal us, but he gives no guarantees this side of eternity. Just to clarify our theology there in case you were worried. But it doesn't mean we don't pray. It doesn't mean we don't ask him to intervene in our lives, and he can and he does. And we see moments of the kingdom break in as people are miraculously healed. But it doesn't always happen this side of eternity because we're on a costly path, because we're on a hard path, because we're on something different to the rest of the world. But on that cross, all our clutter, all our baggage, you know, if you, if you think you're going through life and it feels like a bit of a drag and you look behind you and you've just got ruin of the things you've done, of the things you've said, of the things you should have said and you didn't say, and you feel like it's this massive weight just weighing you down and oppressing you, Jesus comes and takes that for you. So you're set free. So that you can walk the narrow path. Because you know what? Your baggage weighs you down and it pulls you left and it pulls you right. You know, for a new life, you don't need stuff. You don't need the things of this world for a new life what you need is Jesus it's that simple what you need is Jesus faith in Christ you don't have to have your finances sorted you don't have to have your life sorted you just need Christ 
don't wait to get all this sorted before putting your trust in Jesus because I tell you, you'll never get all this sorted because only Jesus can deal with all this because it's sin, because it's rubbish and it chews us up, it hurts us and it keeps us from following Christ. If we're being hit, if we're being weighed down by the baggage of the world, our own baggage or baggage that people oppress upon us because that happens too, doesn't it? Or if our targets in life have just fallen short because we wanted to be a successful entrepreneur or a businessman or woman and we've just never made it. Nobody wanted to buy my invention for whatever reason. And we're in misery because of it. Then our life's been about the wrong thing. But we can put it right today. However we feel, whether we feel we're not good enough, because often if we've got all this baggage, which we all carry through life, don't we? And we all have at some point in our life. We feel we're not worthy. Why would Jesus want me? This sounds like they're having much more fun, eh? Oh, dear. Why would Jesus want me? Well, he does. And he loves us enough that he died upon a cross for us so that we're set free to walk with him, but also that all this baggage and all this rubbish is just left behind at the foot of the cross. The wide road is easy, but to follow Christ is difficult, for the gate is narrow and the way is hard, Jesus says, that leads to life, and those who find it are few. And I, I just thought, oh, why? You know, we've already talked about, you know, this leads to life. It's a narrow gate, so you've just got to find Jesus. But what makes it hard? It was hard for Jesus, wasn't it? Because he hung up on a cross for it. But why is it hard for you? Why is it hard for me? Why should I today say, yes, Dan, I'm going to walk on this narrow path? You're not selling it very well to me. This wide road, I can do what I want, when I want, how I want, with who I want. <laughs> this narrow path, you're saying, is hard, is difficult. Why would I want to give my life to walk on something that's hard? Let me read these verses from Deuteronomy chapter 13. It's Moses. And it's, it's a beautiful picture that they've been wandering in the wilderness for a long time. And the promised land, heaven, if you like, it's the kind of metaphor that carries over to the New Testament, that we're wandering in the desert and actually we're to go over into something that's been promised and is good and is life-bringing. That's what they thought the promised land was, but it's just a shadow, just a shadow of what the new heavens and the new earth are. And this is what he says, See today I have set before you life and good, death and evil. If you obey the commandments of the Lord, in other words, if you walk well with Jesus, if you walk well with God, if you follow God wholeheartedly, that I command you today by loving the Lord your God, walking in his ways, keeping his commandments, then you'll live. That's what he, he sells to the people, if you like. He says, keep going. I know it's hard. They look into the promised land and all they see are giants of the land. All they see are enemies. All they see are obstacles, except for two. But most of them, all they see is the problems and the fears and the worries. And Moses says, you know what, guys? Just love the Lord your God. Put your eyes on him. Walk in his ways and you will live. And that's the message for us that want to walk on the narrow path. Those that you think, I've got my baggage behind me, I've got my future ahead of me, whatever that looks like, because that can be fearful, can't it? That can be a worry. He says, put your eyes on me, love the Lord your God, walk in my ways, 
and you'll live. If we choose to follow Christ, the reality is we're blessed. We are a blessed people. Not with material possessions, necessarily. Though that does obviously come to us. We're all here this morning, clothed, thankfully. It doesn't mean that all of our problems are solved by coming to faith in Jesus Christ. That all of our issues are resolved in a moment. But we're free from sin. We're given a new life in Jesus. And he puts a hope in our heart that we've not had before. A hope for the future. A hope for the present. A hope that actually pictures our past. And more than that, we have the love of God. Which we didn't have before. Because we were the barrier. We actually have a father in heaven who loves us. But it's costly, and this is why. This is Jesus speaking in Luke. If anyone will come after me, if anyone wants to follow me, if anyone wants to walk on the narrow path, paraphrasing, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man or woman if he gains the whole world and yet forfeits his soul? What does it profit you to have everything this world has to offer if you don't have Christ? The answer is nothing. Yet if we have Christ, we have everything. We have life and life eternal to come. There's a great line in a song and it said, well, actually, I may have just made this up, but maybe we could write a song. Um, I've probably nicked it from like Hillsong or something. But it's something like, take the world and give me Jesus. That sounds like it could be a song. It's a song. That's a shame. I was thinking that was quite creative for me. But take the world, God. Take it, but give me Jesus. That's got to be our prayer. Why do we walk on the narrow path? Because Jesus loves us. Why do we keep going when it's hard? Because Jesus wants you to. Because he loves you. Because he died for you. And he wants you to have life. It's hard, but it's worth it. When I think of the narrow path, often I think when we think of the wide path and we think of the narrow path, don't we just think in like straight lines? If you picture it in your head, at least this is what I did, I pictured a gate and then I pictured this thin, but you know, I could negotiate it, straight path. I'm not sure it works like that. I know it doesn't describe what the path looks like, so there's a bit of poetic license here. But I think of a little bit like, have you seen, have you read or seen The Lord of the Rings? If you haven't, bear with me. Because there's this section where they go through uh, the really cheery dead marshes. Um, they're so called because basically either side of this path is dead people. Um, it sounds worse than it is. Um, but they've got to go through these marshes because actually it's the best route. Because the wide path is going to lead to destruction because they're going to be easily spotted. So they take this other route. They take a better path. But it's actually a windy path. And if they take a, a step off to the left or a step off to the right, or they take their eyes off where they're supposed to be going, and by the way, the metaphor does fall down because obviously we're not following Gollum. But so you, I, I'm being creative. But they're following Gollum through. And the whole point is they've got to follow. They've got to go the right way. Because as soon as they step off to the left or the right, they're in trouble. And I kind of picture our narrow path a little bit like that. It's not always as straight as we think it's going to be. It dips and it dives and it, it turns and it 
meanders. But if we keep our eyes on Jesus, through the bends of life, through the storms of life, through the troubles, we'll keep walking on that narrow path. Because Jesus doesn't let go of us. The only reason we drift is because we're choosing to let go of him. The only reason we might drift subtly into the wide road is because we're choosing to let go of him. He doesn't let go of us because he loves us. Because he bled upon a cross for us. All our hope is in the risen one, isn't it? Hebrews 12. I, say, I always say this is one of my favorite verses, but I think I've got a whole load of favorite verses in the Bible. But it's one of them. Keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Doesn't that just sum up what it means to walk on the narrow path? To keep our eyes on Jesus, to keep our eyes on Jesus. Not just on Sunday mornings, but the dreaded Monday morning blues too. Or Friday when you're like, I've made the weekend and wow, this is a great high point. But then you're down back to earth again and it's Monday morning again. <laughs> oh, living for the weekend. Woohoo. Keep your eyes on Jesus. And you know what? We need one another on this as well, on this narrow path. That's the other thing to say. You're not alone. Now, in the big world, you actually feel alone, don't you? Maybe you're the only Christian in your workplace. Maybe you don't have any Christian friends. Well, let's hope you do because you're at church. If you don't already, let's hope you make some. But we need one another because we need encouraging to keep our eyes on Jesus, don't we? Because our default is to not do that. We need encouraging to just keep going, to keep looking to him, to keep walking on the narrow path because it's really hard and it's really hard to be a Christian. I know I don't seem like I'm selling this very well, but it's really hard and that's what Jesus says because it means walking a different direction to the rest of the world. But I tell you this, it's a, be- it's a road, a hard road that leads to a beautiful destination. Have you ever had that? I had this in Cornwall so many times. We had it just in uh, North Devon. There was this horrible, and I mean horrible, track. I thought my car was going to just die on me. Down to this place, and it's like, you know, you stop in, and you have to reverse blind up roads, and every twig looks like it's going to scratch your car, and you, there's walls everywhere, and you go crawling along at a very small pace. Wasn't a nice road, was it, Grace? Not at all. Um, I was glad I was driving. <laughs> I think Grace would say the same thing, too, to be fair. Yep, she's nodding. (laughs) Got away with that one. But I tell you, when we got there, there was this National Trust site, and you go on this butterfly walk, and then you get to the beach, and it's just secluded, and it's beautiful. The path was hard, but the destination was beautiful. It was worth it. It was worth the hard yards. And that's what Jesus does here. It's hard. It's difficult. What does he say? Let me find it. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard, that leads to life. He gives you a destination, he gives you an end game. He says it's okay, it it ends well. And even though the path is windy and sometimes you can't see where you're going, keep going because it ends well. Jesus is going to come back for us. We're going to be with him forever. God loves us. Jesus said this, this is what I'll finish with. John 10, 9, one of the famous I am's, and depends on your translation. In some translations, it says I am the gate. In other translations, it says I am the door, but it, it means the same thing. I am the gate. 
Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The most important thing there is we've entered in. When we enter in, let's worry about what comes after that. If we're on the windy road still, if we're struggling, we're still, let, let's not let entering in be a barrier because our life isn't sorted yet. Because we're feeling the burden and the pressure. Jesus just wants us to come to him and take rest. He says here, you come in and you will find pasture. It's his way of saying you find fulfillment, you'll find rest, you'll find hope, you'll find life. You'll find everything that you've always wanted and it's in the person of Jesus Christ. It's not in massive bank accounts and yachts. As cool as a yacht would be. It's not in that. It's in him. And when you think there must be more to life than this drag, there must be more to life than this nine to five going through the motions, there is, but we've got to enter through the door. And it's a windy path and it's a hard path, but it leads to life. And today is a great day to get ourselves back on that path. If we've never entered in, today is the day to say, okay, I've got my baggage, Lord, I know, but I know you want me. I know you love me, and to enter in. But it's also a day to say, God, you know what? I've not been walking on this narrow path very well. I know that you love me, which compels me to walk well. And I know I haven't been. And I need to get my heart right, and I need to say I want to go 100% for you. Because Jesus doesn't give us a 50-50 option, does he? He says, narrow path, wide path. It's all in or not in at all. He's the saviour of the world or he's not. And it's, it's, today is a great day. We're going to have communion. But it's a great moment to say, I'm all in for Jesus. You know what another great way of doing this is? I'm going to give us a little plug. To be baptized. If you want to say, yes, I'm going to walk on this narrow path, even though it's windy, even though I can't see where I'm going all the time, I'm going to trust Jesus and I'm going to commit myself to living for him, then get baptized. If you haven't been, what I'm talking about is full immersion and you're a believer and you're saying, yes, Lord, I want to live for you then do it because it's a statement of intent that says, yes, I'm going to walk on this narrow path. And then we're going to encourage you to keep going. And we'll encourage one another to just keep going. And that's in September, so you've got a bit of time, but I'd love to hear from you today. Don't wait. That we can walk this narrow path, that we can say this morning, I'm in. Though it's going to be hard, though it's going to be difficult, it's going to be worth it. Though it's going to be ups and downs, this path isn't flat. It's going to be worth it. And another way of saying that we're in is to take communion. Communion is for those that have entered through. Once they've entered through, they might be in a rocky place, but it's for those that have entered through. You might be in the, the midst of a real storm in life right now, but you've entered in. You're on the right path. I'm going to pray. And then the, the worship group, if you just want to come out whilst I pray... And uh, we'll stand to sing it, but it's a, a kind of reflective song. And what I want you to do is just as, I mean, sing it, because otherwise they'll be singing by themselves. And it's not a performance, it's worship to the Lord. But just reflect in your heart about the things we've looked at in God's word today. Just setting our heart in that right place of coming before him and saying, yes, I'm going to enter in. Yes, I know who I am and what I've done. I've got all this stuff, but I'm going to trust in you. And though it might not all get sorted like that, I'm going to trust in you. That was me attempting to click, by the way. It didn't go very well. 
that I'm going to trust in you on this narrow and difficult road that leads to everlasting life.